Namaste, I am Divya Nagraj and I am here with uh, Shri Rajiv Malhotra. I am based out of Bangalore and I am a computer science engineer, post which I did my masters in luxury management. So I got to know of uh, Shri Rajiv Ji's work in 2016. That's when I read his first book, uh, Being Different. Uh, like many, many people, I had no clue about what was going on in the American academic circles related to Indology and the extensive research work that is being carried out to break India. So I must say that I'm very lucky to have come across his work and books, which has helped me build my intellectual kshatriyata. So thank you, and I wish the same for my peers too. So let's start with the discussion of being different, which is one of my favorites and most important of Rajivji's work. One, because it instilled in me an immense sense of pride for being an Indian on a factual basis, not just on superficial terms where you ought to be proud because you're an Indian or you're born on this land or because yoga and turmeric are popular in the West and it happens to be from my country. And two, I learned the dangers of globalizing at the expense of native traditions. So being different, as the title says, it says an Indian challenge to Western universalism. So Rajiv ji, when you say Western universalism, what exactly are you referring to? Wonderful. You know, first of all, I'm very delighted that uh, a young person is taking interest in this work uh, and uh, asking me questions. You know, I, I would la rather be interviewed than be the one interviewing uh, because when a person interviews, whoever they are from whatever point of view they are coming, uh, they will pull things out from that. Right. And I like that. I like to be interviewed. I love the Q&As in my events for that very reason. And you've taken all the trouble to come all the way from Bangalore to Delhi to do this, which is wonderful. So I want to answer the first questions you were asking. What is Western universalism? You see, Universalism means what we believe, whoever we are, whatever we believe is universal. It is the truth for everybody. Now, it's human ego arrogance to say what I know is universal. Yeah. Okay. Now, this idea of Western universalism uh, is important to understand because the West got so much power. Okay. There is also Chinese thing, there is a Chinese universalism. The Arabs think there is Arab universalism, okay. you know. Okay. And we ought to develop the idea of Vedic universalism. Right. We should. I mean, you go to a Native American tribe, even a small tribe, they'll tell you about the whole world, what their philosophy is, what they think about going, what's going on. Right. In every field, they have a view and that is their universalism. Uh, so this Western universalism is the most important one to understand because of the power of the West. And this idea of the West started in Roman times but became crystallized as a view, very formal view uh, from people like Hegel and so on in the 1700s, 1800s, I would say crystallized in the 1800s very, in a very strong way. Uh, the uh, power of the West in terms of conquering so many continents, spreading their governance system, their ideology, their language, their rule, uh, has the influence that uh, their idea of universalism has therefore spread more than any other universalism. Right. Uh, had Chinese conquered the world, we would be concerned about Chinese universalism. And maybe one day we will have to, you know, they might do that. Uh, in places where Arabs conquered, they have spread Arab universalism. Not just Islam, but Arabism, you know. Yeah. So the Western universalism means the problems that the West faced in Europe, which they solved they are considering these to be universal problems. Right. 
and these, con these are considered to be universal solutions, not realizing that maybe for India those problems don't apply and those solutions are not the correct solutions. So I'll give you an example. The academic field known as sociology is entirely a western study of society. Uh, it started with French and then other people in Europe and all that and uh, the name sociology, the whole theory of sociology, what societies they are talking about, what they are studying, you know, is entirely a western universalism. So their way of classifying societies, what is wrong with them is all western universalism. Another example I'll tell you is they have classified world history into pre-modern, modern, postmodern, post this kind of thing. Now they feel that uh, this is there are certain markers of modernity and when they go to a society that don't satisfy that then they'll say you are pre-modern. But you know in India we were, we are simultaneously pre-modern, post-modern and uh, modern all of that same time because I could do my bhakti, I could wear traditional clothes, I can also be a computer scientist like you are, I could be very postmodern. So we are not mixed up in the, that you are, are you traditional, are you yeah. modern? You know, we don't know, we're not a traditional versus modern and our people have learned the wrong ideas from elsewhere. We've incorporated Western universalism into our thinking. Now, earlier you said that one of the things that surprised you was after reading my book is how much uh, study of India is going on from a negative yeah. perspective. Yeah. I will correct that and expand it and say that the same study is happening within India also. Indians are also taking the Western lens. That is a field of sociology. That is the field of anthropology, much of political science, much of economics. So much of the humanities and social sciences is actually Western curriculums brought here. Okay. I don't know of uh, very many curriculums where they've taken the ideas of society and built an Indian sociology. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I don't know anybody who anthropology is the Western study of non-Western primitive societies, according to them. So the Indian anthropology would be, we, we look at them as exotic people. They okay. have some very strange, exotic, interesting features. And we could study them from our drishti and say this is very uh, uh, interesting. interesting. Like, you know, you're studying animals in a zoo and you're finding they're very interesting. So anthropology starts like that, you know, it started like that. Right. And then the missionaries took it over as their device. So we haven't Indianized the anthropology. In fact, if you get a degree in anthropology in any Indian university, you're studying Western theories of anthropology. Indians looking at Indian traditions as those people, not yeah. our, we. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting, I come across uh, Indian anthropologists, very prominent ones, who say that tribe here, that this there. Even the idea of tribe is a kind of a Western lens. The people they could not uh, capture and control and bring under their governance, those became tribes. The parts of India that they governed were given some other name. Tribe, what do they mean by tribe? It's kind of an insulting, racist term. Right. Because they are people who are, they have their own devas, devis, they have their own community, they have their own profession. Some of them are very learned, some of them right. are very profound. They have a lot of traditional knowledge, they have a lot of uh, medical knowledge. And so to sort of demean them as tribes, because in, the, in Western history they had tribes. Right. Okay, so that's a Western term and they've universalized it. Right. Uh, you know, if you look at the idea of religion, they, their religion requires that there has to be an institution called church. Right. So they're looking around for institutions in India to see what. There has to be a church building. So they're looking for, they say a mandir, they say, okay, that's their equivalent. There has to be a priesthood 
who are very powerful, who, who control what you are going to do. And so and then there has to be a book. So they are looking for these qualities. So they want to look for what is the Hindu institution, who is the Hindu priest, Please. what is the book and so on. But what, what they did not understand or did not want to understand is that in our dharma, I can worship at home. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't need a priest to do my yagna and my agama. I can do myself. Our courts and our laws are as per Western universalism. Our civil service people are selected based on Western universalism. Our government, our democracy, our constitution, large part of it is from Western universalism. So we are prisoners of Western universalism. So basically they have this framework and all the cultures and traditions should fit into that. Otherwise you are classified as tribes or not civilized or whatever fits their uh, universalism theory. Right. And you know Hegel, one of the founding fathers of Western thought, right. came up with this very important theory that all history of every nation and every people goes through the same chronology. Right. As if everybody has to go through that chronology. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's like uh, all human beings go through the child and they learn to speak, they learn to walk and all that. So just like uh, each human being goes through the same development. So he said that the same applies to societies. Right. And then he took the uh, Western idea, Western chronology and said everybody has to go through that. Okay. The way he justified colonialism is he said our past, yeah. West's past, our being West, our past is your present, right. right? You are like we were, so we understand you. And our present is your future. Okay. Okay. So we are going to teach you. This is called the civilizing mission. Yeah. We're going to civilize you. Because civilizing is a sort of a journey through time in a certain sequence. Right. And we know our, uh, this. And so he justified British colonialism of India by saying British are going to help Indians get civilized. Right. So the the benchmark, the gold standard of in, uh, being civilized is the British, uh, and so in India, so Indians are, have to learn and become like right. British. So everything follows from there. They should get rid of Sanskrit and put in English. All kind of things happen because of Western universalism. Right. We'll have more discussion on that uh, colonial invasion and racism. Mm -hmm.